Hi, Emily. Hi, Jen. <laughs> I can see you. Welcome to All Things Terror, the first episode where we're able to see each other. We're in the same room. We're in the at same At the same room. time. In Austin. In Austin. It's really weird. I actually feel more nervous than the very first episode we recorded, I think. Is it because I'm sitting here naked and you don't know how to deal with that situation? I mean, I'm naked too. How else would I be? I mean, is it awkward nakedness that's making it weird? It's just a little breezier than I expected. It's, um, it's true. It's also like super chilly in this room. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little strange. But yeah, we are, Clint and I came down and we're all in Austin, the same place. We had a meetup. Uh, we got to see some people who listen. And now we're going to record on the same audio track in the same time zone. While a very large, like, loud car just drove by the window or That's something close. Never mind. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so this is All Things Terror. This is the podcast where we talk about scary things from history and, and true crime and science. Um, and we punish our editor, Clint, with them. I know. He's going to have a hard time with this one because he can't, like, silent part of the tracks now <laughs> and i brought my dog so we're i didn't bring the cats but i brought the dog so there's extra pets that could make a vocal appearance there's gonna be squeaky chairs and typing it's gonna be a really interesting episode it's the level of professionalism you've come to expect from us <laughs> <laughs> including a story tell me a story so i'm gonna talk to you about something that was uh, first off requested but has been on my Ooh. list for a while uh, this is a Whitney request again. I like that we get requests. That makes me feel pretty, my ego is purring. Like, I, I feel pretty <laughs> important right now. And you met Whitney. Yeah. She had a velvet dress. It was pretty sweet. And a very pretty awesome gold, yellow, kind mm -hmm. of similar to the sweater that you're wearing. Yeah. Good color. Everybody wear gold. It's something I know that scares people in general, but I'm going to start with something I learned I guess in middle school, or was it elementary school? It was either like fifth grade or sixth grade that I learned about, which is aneurysms scare the shit no! out of me. <laughs> and that's not what I'm going to talk to talk to you about. But it is. I remember like you know because they in health classes they like beat it into you where it's like don't drink, don't smoke, sure. don't do drugs. You'll live forever if you eat too much yeah. candy. Your face is going to rot off, and like if you eat too many like fatty jelly things and like you're just gonna end up having a heart attack right they do really make it sound like you will smoke one marijuana tablet and then like <laughs> either your penis will fall off or you will grow a penis and then uh you will also have a heart attack if you eat two cupcakes like they do really present it as like death is entirely avoidable Except for aneurysms. <laughs> Except for aneurysms. And it, so, you know, um, cupcakes with marijuana tabs, now that's when you grow a penis and you have a heart attack at the same time. Interesting. So, yep. Does the penis grow all the way and, like, punch you in the heart? And that's that's exactly happens? how it happens. Yeah, 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 like a mug on a coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America. You'll never be able to look at a coffee cup the same way. And someone right now is like, I just smoked a marijuana tablet and I was going to eat these two cupcakes and now they're not sure if they should. Do it anyways. You know but what? You'll be really excited by that giant penis. Right before it punches you in the heart, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, you know, I remember, like, learning all these things, and then, you know, my, his, god, I think it was Mr. Reynolds comes out with the story about, like, a young teenage girl that was, like, 
you know, she was like on track or and like played soccer and had a ponytail and just was <laughs> the epitome of health. Yes, the epitome yeah. of health. And she was sitting down and eating breakfast, like some probably some healthy bran flakes or something like that. Or if she's like a super health nut, a salad in the morning, a smoothie, a, a, a green smoothie. Yeah, a green smoothie. And she just dropped dead into her food. Why are people always dropping dead into their foods in those stories? I don't know. It's terrible. Too. Yeah. And I don't know a single person who's died in their breakfast. I'm just saying, like, before I die suddenly, just let me eat something first. I mean, I guess you you go out doing what you love best. <laughs> Drinking orange juice. I will say this is really sad, but my cat who had a heart attack suddenly and died, he, the last thing he got to do was eat wet food. And he did love that, so he kind of died in a snack. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, sort of, and then I took him to the vet. So really, he died at the emergency vet, but he started dying in the snack. Not quite bran flakes, but... Better than ba- bran flakes, probably. Yeah, also, Oki just barked because he was like, respect to Luca. <laughs> so that's what the dog bark was. Dogs are uh, pouring one out for... Their friends. Yeah, poor one out. Felix is like, that's the cat I was telling you about who I was really afraid of. And Oki's like, rest in peace. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> so. I re- props. That's what I should have said. Yes, props. Props. Because that's sort of sounding like a Borg. Close. He does kind of sound like that. Props. Anyway, go on. Anyways. So I remember just leaving that class like horrified for a while being like, I'm going to die of an aneurysm now. I'm in my 30s. Still don't have an aneurysm, but, you know, it could still happen. It could still happen. I had a very similar experience. They really led me to believe that aneurysms were more common than they are. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. It's just like, (laughs) and they're like, and and then I remember him saying, so there's not really anything you could do to, like, prevent an aneurysm, you know? It just happens because genetics. I'm like, shit is unfair. Yeah, but also, I don't think I need to smoke a marijuana tablet now. Yeah, I'm stressed out. I think, like, I was just worried about if my shorts are the right color. Now I have to worry about this, too. But I think And puberty. And puberty, yeah. I'm growing hair in strange places. I... I feel, too, though, that, like, aneurysms are actually kind of treatable. Like, sometimes people are like, oh, my, I have a weird headache, and then they, they can fix it. Like, that new story just came out that Amelia Clark was like, I had two aneurysms right before I was on Game of Thrones. But they caught them. Yeah. So they're not quite as... Anyway, but that's not what your story is. No. <laughs> it's um, just the setup that we can't get past. But it does, it does share something with aneurysms. Lightning. Interestingly, will be related... Um, strokes no now we're really getting far out you're like stop guessing that's what it is what are what are ways to die by fire smoke inhalation sure uh getting burnt up sure (gasps) spontaneous combustion spontaneous (laughs) human combustion i like how you're just like sitting here patiently like no no think think weirder and more scary and i'm like (laughs) Smoke inhalation, you get confused and turned around in the fire, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no! Oh, shit. Okay, now I see aneurysm. Oh, my God. Okay. This is weird. Human candles, go. Well, I feel like it's time that we talk about it. I, yeah, okay. It's been on my list since the inception of this podcast. And, um... (gasps) Okay, the one that I'm doing that we're going to record next, that's going to come out next week, is also one of those ones that I'm like, this has been on my list. How have we not done something like this? Awesome. Yeah. Good good pairing. I'm excited for that. I don't know very much about 
spontaneous human combustion. So we will start by really the definition of spontaneous human combustion, which is, well, it's death by fire, obviously. Um, of, and it's the combustion, right, of a human body without a known external source of ignition. Now, known external source of ignition is important here. Yeah. Because, like, um... This doesn't mean, like, you were smoking and you lit your couch on fire by accident. Well, it just means they don't know how you caught on fire. Yeah. Right? And it's sort of, like, the same way that UFO people always take to mean alien. It just means that there's something in the air. We don't know what it is. We can't identify identify it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which, to me, I think, I mean, I know this isn't about aliens, and so maybe we'll, Clint will cut this out or whatever, but to me, I think it's much more exciting to think all of those possibilities in an unidentified aircraft. It could be, you know, some secret government thing. It could be another country. It could be all these different aliens. Like, I like that that is more exciting and scary to me than just it is the gray aliens from Mars or whatever. It's like, okay. I mean, whatever. Take the mystery out of it. I don't know. Every time I hear like a lighted UFO, all I can think of is like a group of geese that somehow got like Christmas lights attached <laughs> to them. I honest to God don't know why that's the thing that lives in my imagination, but <laughs> I love that so much. I've never thought of that before, but now I'm going to think about that every time. But it doesn't seem like implausible, you know? Right. No. Or even like I was thinking about, like, there's, like, bioluminescent stuff or, yes. or like, paint that, like, your birds could get that on them or just, like, a reflection hitting birds or something. But what if they just happen to, like, cruise into Burning Man and land into somebody's body paint and they yeah, flying? Right? Yeah, right? Exactly. And they're like, I'm looking, like, really festive right now. They probably like it. I, I need mean, my moon dust glitter. I know that we had the episode where we were really sad about birds dying, but also a lot of birds are straight up bitches. So, th- I mean... They would be like, I'm fabulous, fuck you, I'm a swan, I'm gonna kill you. Like, yeah, they would do it on purpose. Given the history of humans and birds, I think they kind of have a right to be like, I'm a swan and I'm gonna fucking kill you. I mean, swans, I don't know if they straight up kill people, but they do attack people. I mean, good. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Fair to swans. (laughs) I was just watching this video on Facebook where these people found two turtles that had been chained together. Like, somebody drilled a hole into their shells and then roped a chain through them and then put a lock on them. And I'm like, you know what? Why? When an animal fucks with a human, they probably deserve it. And they may have not done anything, but it's like, you know, cosmic justice. Yeah, I do feel kind of like when, if a tiger, like, somehow reaches over the fence at a zoo and eats somebody, we should be like, well, this is sad, but... This is what we get for being this close to something that can eat us. Sometimes someone will get eaten. Like, yes. all right, tiger, you, you you know, that's what you were literally born to do. Bummer, but this is the price of zoos. Anyway, not swans or tiger related, unless they spontaneously animal combust. Not that I have been able to find. So that's what it means. But really, uh, in general, it's understood that the fire... Starts from within the human body. <laughs> and Emily just combusted, so this podcast is over. Um, you guys have been great. I'm not sure if I can find a replacement. I could put ditches there, but she probably just... <laughs> I'll just... I'll continue from beyond the grave. Ghost Emily here. Uh, so far, the afterlife is pretty much the same as it was before. 
Well, that's disappointing. Yeah, except I can't eat anymore. Oh, that's even more disappointing. And I'm going to be in the same outfit. Good thing I'm wearing my Hail Satan shirt. Fair enough. So what's interesting about spontaneous human combustion is that it has kind of, like, been alive in human history for a while, and it has, you know, sort of captured a lot of imagination. Hmm. So I want to talk about uh, 1746. Paul Rowley uh, wrote an article in the Philosophical Transactions, actually positing spontaneous human combustion, like in some, like one of the first formal ways of doing it. Uh, he was a member of London's Royal Society, which is a fancy scientific academy that's still around. Hmm. And he he was the one who coined the term spontaneous human combustion. Oh no way! Wow, good naming power, son. We're still using it. So he, um, and I'm quoting from his article that came from a couple different source materials. I couldn't find the actual article, so since many of them provide the same quote, I'm going right. to say this is probably accurate. He goes, a process in which a human body allegedly... Oh! I feel like we're in a courtroom. Allegedly catches fire as a result of heat generated by internal chemical activity, but without evidence of an external source of ignition. I mean, I've got to say that just sounds like a giant fart. It does. And we're also going to talk about farts. Oh, well, there you go. That's the poop thing. I didn't bring it up. For <laughs> <laughs> once. Hmm. So, um, you know, we carry into the Victorian area. Victorians were, like, into all kinds of weird shit, as we've learned so far. Um, love death. Yeah, they're into death. They're into, like, you know, taking pictures of dead people and having jewelry made out of dead people hair and wearing giant bird carcasses on their clothing and being a little bit prudish about sex. And uh, I don't know, they probably, like, loved opium or something. So Victorians... Yeah, they did. Laudanum was, like, medicine, and it was just opium, I think. They had a good time yeah, with the they, opium. And... I think this was also the era where they're like, is your baby crying too much? Give him cocaine. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> this is all. But remember, it also comes with the 1918 flu. So That's true. Satan giveth and Satan taketh away. You know, diseases, don't show ankles, give children drugs. Mm-hmm. Good times. Oh, and wear lots of dead stuff. Drugs and diarrhea. Drugs and diarrhea. So, um, in the Victorian era, this was actually a popular fate for alcoholics and, like, literature and stories and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, if Charles Dick- Dickens killed off a character that was, like, basically a drunkard lying piece of shit. Really? In, um, in Bleak House by spon- spontaneous human combustion, basically. And what's funny about it is that apparently Charlie Boy here got a lot of shit about killing off the character that way because like, it was like fake so science. Unrealistic. Well, yeah, he was like, that's fake science. <sighs> and he was just like, God damn it, it's just fucking literature, okay? I don't actually don't know what he said, but that's what I want him to have said. I believe it. Th- so this is like how Disney always kills off its villains by having them fall out of tower windows. <laughs> yeah, a lot like <laughs> it. But science has always looked at spontaneous human combustion with an eyebrow up in a uh-huh, yeah, sure face. Uh, a skeptical monocle, if you will. Yes, yes. But it has always had popularity with people in, that that really keep it alive and in culture. So, you know, 
scientist makes frowny faces at it. Everyone else keeps it alive. I mean, it's a good story. It's It's got pizzazz. Oh, well, it's interesting. And I'll talk about... I'm not... I don't want to talk about too many cases of spontaneous human combustion because as I was reading, like, everybody talks about the same, like, 10 to 15 cases. So if I say, like, Mary Reeser, but it's like, oh, God, I've already heard this story. So I don't don't want to dance around that too much. But what I do want to talk about is, you know, this history of spontaneous human combustion, which I think is interesting. But also um, some of the explanations for it, which I think are equally as fascinating. Yeah. And... 1823, in this medical jurisprudence article, basically there were reported commonalities. This guy studied a lot of cases, and he goes, commonly, spontaneous human combustion, people that are reported to have combusted were (laughs) chronic alcoholics, shocking, Hmm. the elderly, and especially elderly females. Oh, okay. Hands and feet are usually, like, they usually just fall off you know, from the body. Okay. There is little damage to combustible things near. Oh, I did know that. The body. So, like, you will be sitting on a couch and you will burn, but not the couch. A lot like that, yeah. Or, like, the table next to the couch is totally fine and it's, like, all cedar or something like that. Huh. And usually the burned body leaves, like, greasy and apparently very stinky ashes. Ew. Like is that that different from any body that burns though? Apparently, it's very different. Really, like okay. the odor is just worse than a normal dead body. I don't know. That makes me really uncomfortable. There was this two-year research project. I'm gonna go into some expl- explanations, and we're gonna talk about the Wick effect first. Mm, I do know about this. And this research project kind of explains the Wick effect. So, two-year research project conducted in 1984 by Joe Nickel, who was a science investigator, and John Fisher, who's a forensic analyst. And uh, the report ended up being published in the International Association of Arson Investigators. So, you know, like, these are legit guys doing legit work. And several other publications, and they did some guest speaking. Like, basically, they were uh, the minimalist from that documentary, Minimalism, where they're like, I'm going to talk to you about these things. And they're, like, touring the world, talking (laughs) about things. I don't know. They're, they're a fun time at parties. Yes. Yeah. So they looked at 18th, 19th, and 20th century cases, hmm. and they were looking at photographs and uh, all the reports and stuff, and what they noticed is that the bodies were in close proximity to sources that could have caused ignition, but those sources were usually omitted from reports. Oh. So... Well, and so I'm thinking in the 18th century, there are lots of candles... They don't have lamps, right? Candles, l- lamps in a non-traditional sense. Like lanterns, lamps that are full of oil or whatever. Okay. Fireplaces, all kinds of, you know, tobacco pipes. Sure. Well, even now, like, you know, we live in our houses and don't think of it as anything being fire material. But, like, sure, something can fuck up in your wall. Yeah, you are surround- your whole house is... A potential furnace because of all the electrical wiring throughout it. Yeah, actually, um, I live. I currently rent in this really old house, and um, my power was going out, but only like one wall, and it was the outlets. And so, if you've ever seen a house being built, they do like strings of appli- like outlets are on a, a circuit, 
So that's like your circuit breaker. If one flips, it's from there. But the problem, like I was going out and there were no circuits tripped, which meant the power was still flowing. And I was, you know how like in your bathroom, you have that little thing where you can pop it and reset it. I had one of those in the kitchen and I was doing that. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like nothing is. And like I had a furnace on that wall because I have, what are those box heaters? I'm blanking on the name. Anyway, um, but I had a heater that wasn't going out. And um, so I was just like, the outlets are going out, blah, blah, blah. They sent an electrician out. Long story short, I'm not explaining this very well, but he opened up the uh, outlets and found that basically the wiring was so old that like the wires were like decayed and they, that's why the power wasn't flowing. And I was like, awesome. Oh, good. That's, that's how my <laughs> house burns down and I die. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. That happened, and I was just like, oh, you fix it. And he's like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, I can never think of this again, or I'll be too terrified. So anyway, <laughs> I have to move here, now. <laughs> yeah, here I am just sitting here being like, well, any day now. This is how me and all the pets die. Oh, God, knock on wood. This- well, you know, and, like, we, it's 2019. Everybody has a dozen electronics. Sure. And batteries have a history of being a little bit explodey. Yeah, like that one that would explode in airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're around all kinds of interesting hazards. Sure. So they basically come to the conclusion that there were uh, sources, uh, sources that could have caused ignition. They were omitted from reports, and they suspect, at least uh, some of them, that it was done on purpose to, like, create this air of mystery. Because, hmm. you know, remember, guys... Victorians were weird people. They were into weird things. Their lives are full of poop and sadness, and there's not TV. So you gotta get your kick somehow. I feel like I pick on the Victorians a lot. They deserve it. This is also, you know, the height of colonialism, so... Fair enough. They deserve it. So they also noticed a correlation between intoxication and spontaneous human combustion. For once, the Victorians are not wrong about something. The thing that they point out is, like... Well, intoxication can increase carelessness. Sure. Or, you know, maybe a pass out a little bit. But there there is there were a lot of cases where there was heavy intoxication in spontaneously combusted person. Okay, interesting. Something else that they pointed out which starts to get interesting is combustible fuel. So meaning the things that can cause a person to combust. Mm-hmm. So in cases where there are less extensive damage, this is somebody who may have been covered by a blanket or wearing clothes. And in the cases where there is more extensive damage, you're looking at stuff like chair stuffing, floor coverings, the floor itself. And in situations like this, it meant that the materials help retain the melted fat, which would cause more of the body to burn which would yield more liquid fat, which would turn around and cause more of the body to burn. Basically, the cycle... You become a candle. Called the wick effect. Oh, that makes me so... So this is their explanation of spontaneous human combustion. So if you're going to drink alone in your house, do it naked. Yes. (laughs) Um, And what, what was interesting, too, is that a couple other things they pointed out is, like, nearby objects were usually undamaged by fire because fire burns upwards. So the clothes would keep the fire in. Right. So it's so um, if I'm sitting on a couch. So it's like a candle in a bag. A little bit like that, yes. So <laughs> if I'm sitting on a, so say I'm like in my 
my recliner. Okay. And I have a table next to me. And, and you're have, not naked? And I'm not Unlike naked. Unlike right now, you're wearing clothes. I'm wearing naked clothes. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you're naked now. In the scenario, you're, I'm, you're... I'm wearing clothes. You're wearing clothes. I'm on my recliner. Um, I have my, my bourbon sitting next to me. Mm, like you do. And um, my romance novel in my lap. And okay. I fall asleep because I also took sleeping pills. Not a good romance novel, apparently. And I, it's not a good romance novel, and I'm smoking a cigarette, and that cigarette drops on me, and I catch on fire. Now, or here, it is a good romance novel, and you have a vibrator that it has shorted and caused you to become a flame this, in a totally different way than you yes. were previously. We're gonna go with that version. Okay. I love this one. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the fire would stay contained in a upwards motion. Uh huh. Fire does not travel laterally very easily. So, like, the only reason why that table would burn is if I put my arm over there. Okay. And the and my arm is already lit. Yeah, so, like, if you've ever made a campfire, you do, like, a little pyramid. So the top of the stick burns, and then that fire will travel down the stick to go to something next to it. So, interesting thing, the campfire is a real example that they bring up, but in a different context. It's mm. like... You aren't going to catch on fire by standing next to a campfire. Right. It's really hard to expect, like, your table or all these surround items in proximity to necessarily catch on fire. Yeah. Because of the way fire burns. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, if there's enough distance between objects, it's not going to catch on fire easily. Yeah, and... and If you've ever been camping, like, you can get... Things can actually withstand a lot of heat without catching fire. fire yeah like i remember camping once and my aunt i think it was my aunt had like her she was wearing flip-flops and had her feet propped up by the fire and the bottom of her flip-flops got like soft like they started to melt but like her feet were fine and they didn't catch on fire or anything it was just like oh whoops i need to move them they're getting soft so like you can put things pretty close to a fire but just not on top of it right so interesting i've never thought about that before i know i thought that was pretty cool so this is one explanation, and this is the popular explanation of spontaneous human combustion, Wick effect. Yeah. Is the other one Satan, and that's why it's extra stinky? Uh, that's like one of the 1,200 ones. It's very, pretty low. It's yeah. pretty low. Um, like Satan couldn't cover up his tracks if he wanted to. So I am going to pause and go back to the fact that, you know, forensic science and science science and all science... Like I said, generally sticks its nose up at the idea of spontaneous human combustion just being like, nay. In the way that we understand it, it's dumb. Like, wick effect is a real possibility. You know, when you talk about combustion, it requires three things. High heat, a fuel source, and an oxidizing agent, which basically in life is oxygen. Mm-hmm. So the wick effect has some merit behind it. But there are some other explanations that are that are interesting too. So one of the things is that they point out obesity, old age, or illness can cause low mobility mm-hmm. and a high likelihood of dying in your sleep or not being able to move after catching fire. Oh, that's sad. So like, so like they can't get away. Right. So if you're, you know, notice that that list of trends, like, and that earlier journal pointed out the elderly, uh-huh. you know. So they could not stop, drop, and roll. They could not stop, drop, and roll, or or perhaps they have died in their sleep. They died a natural death. Yeah. But then also maybe they had a candle burning. Maybe they were lifelong smokers, something like that. And they drop a cigarette and then on fire. Or if you are someone who 
has some sort of chronic illness that makes it uh, uh that causes your mobility to suffer yeah if you catch on fire you might not yeah be able to move oh that's sad so that was that's a hypothesis one i i know this is gonna be laughable but uh, a lot of people think that the main cause is just cigarettes yeah smoking before you go to bed or something like that or again yeah. if you're in a low mobility situation and you're smoking and you catch on fire I mean, c- cigarettes are an interesting explanation because, like, if you drop a cigarette, again, thinking back to our campfire, like, you can drop a cigarette on something very flammable and it's not going to start a fire really fast. But once things catch on fire, they do catch really fast. Yeah. And if that's your lap... Then what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I-, I could see theoretically, like, let's say you fall asleep, the cigarette falls in your lap, and, like pants burn and then by the time you feel it it's just kind of like whoosh i i would think a lot of people would wake up before then because like i'm also picturing like oh it'd be really easy to drop a cigarette in your bedroom and then you die of smoke inhalation without waking up but this is just you burning i don't i don't know i don't really know how i feel about it it's weird it's an interesting explanation. And in some cases it might be true. Yeah, and like you said, if if you're pairing cigarettes with alcohol alcohol or... mobility problems. And and the other thing that's interesting, going back to that report you're citing of like nowadays I think if someone was smoking in their house it'd be quite weird, but really up through probably the eighties or nineties it was yeah. so common that why would you even note it? You know what I mean? Like I could see that being something that was kind of overlooked because that's something everybody did, so so we talked about the wick effect. So this is another one. Um, ketosis takes some blame in spontaneous human. Okay, what? I, I know. Is I have this to talk a about this misunderstanding of what they mean by fats burning. <laughs> no, I love this. I love this explanation um, because I cannot tell you how irritating it is to me every time somebody's like, "Oh, um, I'm doing keto." Oh, I fucking hate it. It makes me so mad. I'm like. You know what? I'm fine with whatever false belief systems people have, and if they want to commit to them and not pay attention to science, and also, you know, not pay attention to rebrand and Atkins, that's fine. I don't care. Ah, the first time care. someone told it to me, I was like, oh, "It's the keto diet." Have you heard of it? And they started talking blah blah, and I was like, "Wait, are you talking about like ketogenesis?" And he's like, "Or I probably said it wrong. I probably did say ketogenesis, which I know is not what it that's is. That's even better." <laughs> But I, he was like, yeah, I think that's why it's called that. And I was like, that's what happens when you're starving. You're tricking your body into thinking you're starving. That's not good for you. You have no idea how mad people get every time I just say it's Atkins, but rebranded. It is. And it there is was a Atkins, diet before re-branded. that. And a diet before that. They just keep rebranding it. And every time they rebrand it, rebrand it scientists in the world have to go, oh, God, now we got to deal with this all over oh, again. Well, and the other thing that makes me mad about these Atkins keto blah 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 bullshits is that many things are not bad for you if you do it in moderation and fat is one of them and there are certain like minerals and vitamins that you need fat to process this doesn't mean go and like you know take a tablespoon of butter and like eat it every other hour but it means that like yeah if you cut out all things your body is not going to be as good like you it's okay and like I just I just I don't know I don't know if I talked to you about science exploitation, but you know, basically like stuff that's made to sound scientific yeah. or, you know, cherry pick certain scientific 
principles. Like, you know, the thing that frustrates me is, like, I spent, you know, as somebody who knows how to do research uh, yourself, and, you know, there's a language you have to learn to access yeah, scholarly material, and I get that's frustrating, but I spent a lot of time doing this. I I understand, like, all the different biases, and I understand, like, the peer review process, and I understand that, like, a finding isn't necessarily a truth just yet. And, like, yeah. all these all these places, like, with the, you know, with the thing with the van- vaccines as well, like, they cherry-pick pieces of information, but it's not the whole picture. So anyone mm-hmm. can make up anything, and, like, keto falls in that ground. But anyways, what I want to say about it is that, you know, you can believe in whatever false system that you want to. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for everybody. If you want to know what science has come to the conclusion of being the key to good optimum health in a long life, it is a mostly vegetarian diet Yeah, composed of whole foods. <laughs> so there you go. I don't, you know, hate me if you want to, but that's, that is truth. That's actually really founded in science. So yeah. have a good day. Also, you need to eat more fiber. Yes. And eat more fiber, please. And go outside. Um, just don't get hit by cars. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, um, I hate keto, and I hate, I hate perpetual bullshit science exploitation of keto. So I love talking about how keto is part of the spontaneous human combustion theory, which is actually when you uh, go through ketosis, you produce acetone. Or and acetone ketogenesis is, if you're stupid. Like ketogenesis. If you go through <laughs> ketogenesis the band. <laughs> but to be fair, uh, you know, this was maybe something like, uh, let's ballpark eight years after I learned about this in a random nutrition class. So to get the beginning and ending sounds, I feel kind of mildly proud of out of nowhere. You to know, be like, listen, Paul, this like, bartender i was working with who was like probably 21 at the time and had like curls like uh kirsten dunce in interview the vampire just brown like perfectly spiral yes. curls to- down to his shoulder and like the he, wig he, coils he was dumb i mean he was fun to work with but he was dumb and like people would always like girls would be like does he have a girlfriend and i'd be like ew like you're you're a good looking dude but like it was just it's just dry down there. You're just so dumb. Um, but anyway, I'm like, don't do the keto diet, you fucking idiot. In the beginning, there was keto and there was Atkins. Yeah. Paul, listen, I'm sorry that I called you a fucking idiot if you listen. She loves you. Yeah. Anyways, so your body is supposed to produce more acetone. Acetone is very flammable. And then... Sure, nail polish. Yeah. Yeah, and they talk about, like, you know, so there's, like, the whole keto breath thing. Like, it smells a little bit like nail polish. You know, it's just a little acetone living its life in your face, maybe. That's upsetting. I didn't so, know about that. So, uh, if you don't want to spontaneously human combust, get away from the fake science and eat some motherfucking vegetables. Yeah, I feel like this is also a good moment to bring in this idea that I think about a lot and I enjoy seeing that I didn't see when I was growing up is this idea of, like, you can't look at someone and know what their health is. So, like, fucking leave people alone and, like, be okay with body diversity. And, like, you can be a very skinny person and be super unhealthy. You can be a very fat person and be very healthy. And, like, stop giving a shit. And, like, this idea of we need to lose weight. You know, you are not put on this earth to lose weight. That is not your sole purpose. No. And it's also, you know, maybe you are really fit. It's not your job to turn around and, like evangelize at other people like 
Fucking Christ. <laughs> so ketosis um, and acetone. So this uh, next one is kind of interesting. Is It's called MAST, M-A-S-T, because my... Southern, my southern accent. Mass. <laughs> I, one of our friends. Not uh, mass, but mast. Mast. When we first started, he said, oh my God, you guys sound exactly alike. And I was like, is this going to be a problem? Are we going to have to tell people how to tell our voices apart? And there are some times when I'm listening to him, I'm like, we do sound really similar. But I, I always thought if people ask, you sound a little bit more southern and I sound a little bit more Midwestern. I spent so much time trying to squash my accents. No, I... <laughs> Uh, if I ever sing karaoke, you can tell I grew up in a small town because that's when I start sounding real country is when I start singing. And I don't sing well, and it just comes out, and it's that's embarrassing. Anyway, mast. Mast. Also, future bucket list item, get Emily to sing a country song <laughs> during our podcast. <laughs> so it's called Mast Cell Activation Syndrome, MCAS for short. Okay. I'm it, which actually if I wanted to like give it a name that would be McAss. McAss. Yes. <laughs> All right, tell me about McAss. I'm like trying to picture why would they call it this? So, there's a lot of sciencey words in here. You guys are going to be like so impressed by my sciencing. Hashtag we're smart. Um cells spontaneously uh it's when cells spontaneously release like 200 plus inflammatory molecules. What? Including Wait for it. Norepinephrine. Norepinephrine. There it is. I said the word. Okay, so they, they released this stuff. Um, large amounts of norepinephrine can activate a protein called UCP1. Okay. I mean, is, I'm more familiar with UCP2 through 7, but, you know. You know, I mean, the one being sometimes... Being really sarcastic gets, right now. I have no idea what this is. Also, what, like, <laughs> a terrible name for a protein. I remember um, there's this uh, scientist I edited a, an article for that he was going to have published in this journal, and he was also doing studies on different proteins, and, like, one was called calmodulin, and I was like, that's... That's kind of a cool name. That's a great name in comparison to... UCP1. UCP1. If anyone out there knows what, if that has like a cooler name, please tell me because yeah. that just makes me feel sad. Okay, so they release the norepinephrine and it gets, it makes UCP1, or it, it irritates UCP1. It, it turns it on. Tur- it turns it on so hard. Good thing we're naked right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so this UCP1 comes out in large amounts and, um, UCP1 causes an adipose oxidation to be released as heat. So adipose means fat. Yes. I know that from Doctor Who. So remember when we talked about combustion earlier, it requires high heat, a fuel source, fat. and oxidization. Okay, agent. interesting. So he, this guy who talked about this, basically posits that under the right circumstances. It could cause, this whole reaction could cause a heat generation of 90 degrees Celsius, which is the ignition point of fat. Weird. Can you imagine if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, why is my stomach so hot? And then just, and you're like, ah, yeah, whoa, that's crazy. Also, is norepinephrine, is that what they give you in a shot, like in Pulp Fiction? I don't know. 
I'm gonna Google it because I feel like it might be. That sounds really familiar to me. It can treat low bl- blood pressure and heart failure. So norepinephrine is similar to adrenaline. Okay, that makes sense. And you would treat someone whose heart stopped from a drug overdose with? Yeah, because that's, that's norepinephrine. Yeah. Another theory is that methane buildup in the intestines. Farts! Basically, they're farts. Your methane, well, meth- methane is flammable. That's like swamp gas, right? It's methane. And also butt farts. But how does it ignite inside of you? N- not a whole lot of explanation on that. So, well, like, you know when you shuffle your feet on the carpet and then you do like a zzz, it's like you do that, put to your own belly button, and then that ignites the methane gas within. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so that's the thing. A lot of these uh, theorists do still believe there is an ignition source, but, like, they're pretty unclear about it so like actually um static electricity was posited as an ignition store source um just yeah d- chemical reactions your body obviously posited as an ignition source standing too close to a candle you know, staring into the sun <laughs> the, the sun's <laughs> soul reaches down inside of you you know something that i've never thought about in the context of uh spontaneous human combustion before is like okay yeah fat is theoretically flammable but like your insides are wet so that that is an interesting point which is like the body is mostly water yeah and like a lot of times when this conversation gets in its flame war status people are just like yes i know it's like the body doesn't actually burn very easily which is true. The body doesn't burn very easily. Clint and I actually talked about that when we recorded an episode, which I'm not sure if you'll be hearing. You'll probably be hearing it after this one, but... Uh, Spoiler! About, yeah, about someone who failed at burning a body. Well, and I mean, I, I don't know... I mean, like, I cut my finger cooking, and I'm like, why is all this blood... Like, am I a never-ending river of blood? And that's not even a serious cut, you know? Yeah. That feels like a lot of liquid. Well, you know, you, you've watched a lot of forensic files and yeah. all these shows. Like, they how many times? There's so much blood. There's always blood. How many? How many arson victims are in those episodes where they're like people are trying to hide a murder, but like they can't fire burn doesn't the body. actually? Yes. Yeah, it like dries it out. Yep. It is. It is very hard to burn a body. So it is a point that gets brought up often, and it's a fair point. Yeah. So there are just uh, two. Well, three more that I'm including just because they're fun. Um, There's one guy who said that a ball of lightning could be the reason for spontaneous human combustion. But how would it get in the house without blowing a hole through the roof? Literally don't have an explanation for this. (laughs) I'm just saying that somebody says lightning. It like bounces in the door. (laughs) Well, maybe this is just for outside circumstances. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. So there's a book in that came out in 1995 called A Blaze by Larry E. Arnold. I guess all this is good because I can see you smiling. His contribution was to point out there are like 200 reports worldwide over 300 years of spontaneous combustion. So like, that's not a ton. One a year, less than that. Less than that. But he he had three theories about spontaneous human combustion. There was he first called. Blamed it on a subatomic particle called pyrotron. That's a good name for a particle. It sounds like something out of a Marvel comic. Just to skip to the conclusion, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, Two, he point out, uh, I love this, flammability is increased by alcohol in the blood. 
this is one of those science exploitation moments where people where something might seem like a rational sciencey thing is not a rational sciencey thing. Here's a good time for a vocab lesson. The word we're looking for is specious, <laughs> which means that on the very surface it looks plausible, but if you spend 10 seconds, it all falls apart. Specious. It's an SAT vocab word. I used to be SAT tutor. So in short, not a real sciencey thing. Yeah. Alcohol. Emily brings all the vo- vocabulary. I bring all the not smart. Alcohol <laughs> is flammable if it's like pure alcohol, and people don't drink that, generally speaking. I mean, I mean unless you're really committed, and then, you know. And you're or fine you're, with like... Or you're a college freshman and you're drinking Everclear, because... That you, might, I mean, that's gasoline, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing he said was extreme stress. I mean, I mean, I realize that <laughs> sometimes when stress is really high, it could feel like you are literally going to burn up A in flames. A thousand meme what? accounts just went, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, all his uh, theories were dismissed. It clearly wasn't, you know, good scholarly work. For sure. But this is my favorite one. 1976, there's a book called Fire from Heaven by Michael Harrison. Basically a poltergeist. A poltergeist? A poltergeist. Oh poltergeist my god. caused by TDT combustion. <laughs> well, now I really want to be a ghost when I die. If I know that I can just light people up. <laughs> I, I want to read this book. Internet, please send me this book. Okay. I just, wow. I've never heard that before. I have no words. So ghosts can light you on fire. Does it say why? But a poltergeist is different than a ghost. That's true, because a poltergeist is is like someone's energy, right? Yeah, someone's Mm. internal energy. So, yeah, apparently poltergeists can just... I mean, okay. That is the most reasonable one I've heard. Which seems like... uh, I butcher the title of this movie every time but you know like the, the movie poltergeist you know the ones that came after <laughs> harry potter potter the fantastic beasts series oh yeah yeah um, and you remember fantastic the- beasts and where to find them is the book in the books but the second movie where they have like oh, i haven't seen that oh, the wait. crimes of Grunewald? Well, oh, I guess it was the first one. I can't remember which one it was which. It was the first one, but it had like, um, oh, yeah. Credence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. He, the guy that was like, I'm a, I'm a wizard. And they're like, no, you're not. And then it like, yeah, he poltergeist. He's basically he a poltergeist. Basically pol- yeah, you're right. I never made that connection before, but that is what, yeah. I was, uh, every, the whole time I was watching this movie and they kept calling it something else, I was like, no, it's a poltergeist. No, it's a poltergeist. That's a motherfucking poltergeist. Yeah, and also, you know, listen, what else can't the patriarchy ruin? Because poltergeists are traditionally associated with teenage girls, right? Yes. Then now you have to turn it into a man's thing? God. Way to go, Rowling. I mean, Whoa. when will Hollywood stop victimizing us? When, people correct her, the pronunciation. Clearly, I was not somebody who read Harry Potter, so... Wait, what'd you say? Rowling? Rowling? I don't Rowling. know. She's British, so I bet it is Rowling, but she probably sounds like Rowling when she says it. Maybe. I'm J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Credence was a poltergeist. And had a poltergeist. Is and had poltergeist? I guess it's all one you, thing. Yeah. Yeah, you are a poltergeist. You do not have... It's not like a pet. 
It's a power that you don't realize you have, and it is out of your control, but it's affecting things around you. This feels like it could cut both ways. Like, do you have a mental illness, or are you, like, are you depressed, or do you have depression? Are you a poltergeist, or do you have a poltergeist? That feels like a personal preference, really. I think we need to find a poltergeist situation and talk to somebody. So please, if you have a, if you have or are a poltergeist, please let us know. Or just light one of us up. <laughs> Please and don't. Then we'll know. I have a lot of things I'm trying to get do, done over the next few months. So. I don't. You pick me. <laughs> burn, burn me. Just make it fast. So this is my favorite explanation. Um, Credence the poltergeist. Yeah. It's actually, he is the only poltergeist that can do this. So it is actually this fictional sort of wizard dude that is combusting everybody. So I have. Sold. I'm sold on this too. A couple of other things oh, for you. No. So, like I, mean, I said, oh, yes. I'm not going to talk too much about the incidences because you can find them. You can find them, and they're cool and interesting to read about. But like, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, they all start. They're basically all the same. Somebody was discovered. They were all burned up. There were no Nothing obvious was, external yeah. source, their and feet like their feet and left. arms were left, or just a foot. And a lot of times there's alcohol or sleeping pills involved. So there you go. That is the summation of most of these. Yeah. But um, the first case, or what is believed to be the first case, reported case of spontaneous human combustion, was this guy named Polonis. And I cannot say his last name, which is V-O-R-S-T-I-U-S. Forstius? Forstius, I think. But I'm not sure. But anyway, Polonus, he is kind of a really basic bitch, but but in ancient Rome, <laughs> <laughs> there is like uh, this uh, ancient histories article in Gizmodo article that described him in a very similar manner, which I found to be so hilarious that I have to just share it verbatim. Yeah, quoth. Polonus was just a regular Italian knight in the late 1400s who liked wine, women, and song. Oh, oh no, he is a basic bitch. He's a bro. He's, He's a, a bro. <laughs> bro of the ancient times. But basically what happened is that he was out at some sort of thing. He drank uh, a couple ladles of wine and was like, yeah, wine. Ladles, wow, all right, cool. And then like, so one article described it as vomiting, the other one described it as belching, but basically he either vomited or belched fire oh damn that is awesome <laughs> so he's a he's a motherfucking dragon yeah or he yeah. went from a total like nobody bro to a dragon oh this is like but this is like when you know if we're going with the bro theme like hey see if you can light my fart on fire he just yeah. took that a step further and was like light my vomit on fire <laughs> yeah so you know drank some wine mouth fire mouth fire and then he just burst in the flames <laughs> And apparently he was in Milan and he died in front of his parents. And nobody else, like, suffered the same fate from this wine. It was just Polonis. just him. That's yeah. crazy. Also, while you're telling me this story, I did have a question for you. Have there been any cases of children spontaneously combusting? Uh, not that I know of at this point. Hmm. So this does seem to lend some credence to the, uh, like, cigarette sleeping pills theory or... That children aren't humans until they become adults. Mm. Either way, either. Yeah, both seem to yeah. be true. Yeah, not specious at all. 
(laughs) (laughs) So basically, you know, one of the popular ones is like the Mary Reeser story. There is also, yeah, and by the way, Mary Reeser is a Florida story. Florida woman. Okay. Yeah, Florida woman. Nice, of course, Florida. Uh, being topical here. Kind of surprised that Florida hasn't popped up in this podcast more, frankly. It might one day. We might get there. The uh, Countess Cornelia de Bandy is another popular one. Solid name. There is a recent one in Ireland, but I forget the guy's name and I didn't write it down here in my notes. Seamus McDougal. Wow. Emily, that's just so culturally insensitive. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I had to suffer through St. Patrick's Day every year, like every other American. Yeah, that's true. I don't have anything else super interesting to say about spontaneous human combustion other than I believe it's poltergeist. Yeah, the, uh, I'm with you 100% super convinced it's poltergeist. Case closed. We busted this myth wide open. And, you know, just all in the night's work, really. <laughs> I feel like we need to clink glasses. Clink. Oh, wait, here we go. All in a night's work. <laughs> Sorry, Clint. That was probably really loud. Leave it in. <laughs> All right. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever.